Hi, and welcome to Zdenek's English Podcast. My name is Zdenek, and I run a podcast for learners of English as a second language. Welcome to another episode. It has been a long time since I spoke to you like this. We may call it a monologue. So, I'm back, I'm here, again, still alive and kicking. I'm up and about, ready for recording another episode for you. I mean, I'm recording it now, but by the time you listen to it, it has actually already been uh, recorded. I mean, uh, you get it, right? But now as I'm speaking, I am actually recording it. So why haven't you heard from me for uh, such a long time in this kind of way? Well, um, how should I put it? Well, I've been a bit snowed under. Uh, this is expression I uh, borrowed from Luke, from Luke's English podcast. A lot of expressions, a lot of words and vocabulary item, items which feature on this podcast are from Luke's English podcast uh, for various reasons. First of all, I'm a huge fan of Luke's English podcast and I really want to practice everything I learn on this podcast. And secondly, I believe some of Luke's listeners uh, became fans of my podcast too. So the point is that you guys from Luke's English Podcast will probably find this useful too. Because you will hear these expressions over and over again. Uh, so hopefully this will reinforce the process of memorization. So once again, I have been really snowed under, which means I've been really busy recently. Bending over backwards, I should say. Um, another expression from Luke's English podcast, but this is the last time I actually say it because it may become a bit distractive, right? It's unnecessary to remind it every single time, okay? Um, when I say bending over backwards, I don't really mean it literally. I am a sportsman, I am. Uh, don't get me wrong, but the truth is that uh, yoga and generally uh, flexibility, it's not exactly my strength. Okay, um, I've been bending over backwards to please my bosses at schools I'm working for. Uh, <clears throat> again, I don't mean it literally, okay? Not everything has to be meant literally when you speak English, because uh, there is something that is called figurative language. Um, one of the aspects of figurative language is that sometimes English speakers use metaphors, Um, or uh, let's say idiomatic expressions, which when you look at the words individually, the meaning is rather different to the whole phrase as it is meant by the speaker. So one has to be careful and know the exact meaning. You can sometimes put your foot in it. You know what I mean? You can sometimes embarrass yourself if you um, make a mistake using an idiomatic expression in a, in a wrong way. Okay, just be careful there. Um, Yeah, so I have been a bit busy. I've also had some kind of artistic drought in terms of the podcast effort. Uh, maybe I might have told you before that I also develop a board game. Yeah, This game has never been published. It's, it's quite a complicated fantasy Dungeons and Dragons style kind of game. Um, and I'm working on it right now because some of my students uh, wanted to play it. And we, we have played uh, a few games. And it went quite well. And any time I play my game, it actually makes me want to um, kind of develop it more and improve it and work on it. So 
I kind of uh, I kind of uh, focus my attention on this rather than on the podcast. But it doesn't mean I forgot about you, my dear listeners. You know, I have published a couple of re- interviews recently, and those are the ones I uh, pre-recorded, and um, there are some more in the pipeline. I don't usually publish the interviews I make uh, the same day or, or week or or month. It's it usually takes more time for me to kind of edit it and um, get to it. So yeah, so I took a break, and uh, you you could listen to to a couple of interviews, and the last interview was with my Bengali friend Aroni from Bangladesh, which was published. I believe sometime last week, and uh, she is a journalist, and she she is a very uh, sophisticated, educated, and articulate person, and the language she used uh, was pretty nice. So I decided to um, capitalize on that by uh, uh, recording this episode for you, in which I want to take a closer look at some items of vocabulary which I personally find interesting. And it's always a good idea, I think, to expand or enrich one's um, vocabulary, yours, I mean, mine too, of course. Okay, so I'm choosing some vocabulary, not because I don't know it, but, I mean, most of it I really know, but I just think it can be really useful to start using it actively, even for myself, and let's hope this will be the same for you, all right? So how is this going to be done? In what form will I do this? Well, first I will tell you an expression which appeared on the last episode. Then secondly, I'll give you my definition. I might use a dictionary for this to help me out there. Or I will just tell you some synonyms. And then I want to give you examples in which these words or expressions can appear. Okay? You fine with this? You're gonna hear 15 expressions, 15 vocabulary items. And at the end of this, I intend to say all these expressions again. Hopefully, it will get fossilized in your brain as well as mine. Remember, the revision is really key. It plays an important role in learning process. You need to keep revising what you learn, actually. Otherwise, you are bound to forget it. Okay? So, without further ado, let's get this underway. Come on! Expression number one. A bit of a stretch. A bit of a stretch. Well, you can use this one when you're answering the question how far something is, how far a country is from your country, for example. And you, you can say it's a bit of a stretch, really. It means it's, it's quite far away, not exactly within a stone's throw. The, the word stretch alone can have more meanings. First of all, A stretch can be a continuous period of time. For example, we can talk about a stretch of five days without sunshine, which is a bit depressive, isn't it? Uh, Number two, it can be be the body activity which you do after workout during the cool down. Uh, Every time you actually use your muscles, they have a tendency to contract, to become smaller. And uh, it is normally advised by professional coaches and trainers to uh, stretch your body after any physical activity 
to prevent the contraction of your muscles okay so to stretch your body and C stretch can be a length of water especially one which is long and narrow okay so if you say it's a bit of a stretch we really mean it's quite far okay so maybe you are from the Philippines or I don't know from you're listening from Spain or from South America and especially if you are from South America it's a bit of a stretch really isn't it I can't exactly jump on a plane without um, uh, spending a lot of money on the on the airfare to visit you can I because it's a bit of a stretch okay all right the second expression is uh, grim situation if a situation is grim it means it's really bad it's dismal depressing dark poor or, or simply horrible unfortunately the situation in Ukraine at the moment is rather grim isn't it let's just hope that people who are up there uh, who have the power to change things will come to senses and they will actually uh, help to maintain the peace to restore the peace and uh, the, the fightings will cease Okay, I think there is nothing a lot of ordinary people wish more for than the peace, okay? Right, uh, there is a character that is called Grim Reaper, actually. It's the, the guy, the skeleton, who takes the people to the realm of death, right? He has a sight, and um, you remember, have you ever played The, the Sims? This is, um, <laughs> actually, when you're... Sim, the, the character that you look after, uh, dies, the Grim Reaper comes to take him. Expression number three is to step out of a stereotype. I think you know what a stereotype is, because I've spoken about stereotypes many times here before on this podcast. So if you are faithful listeners, if you are loyal listeners, you must have some experience with this already. To step out of a stereotype means to do something differently then it's actually expected by the society uh, to do something uh, differently than is usual, okay? For example, I don't have a car, really. I told you many times, I don't possess a car. I never actually owned one. I have driven a car before, and I have a driving license, but in this, to put it mildly, I do kind of suck at driving. I could say that I'm stepping out of a stereotype, really, because I don't have a car and I'm 31 years old at the moment and most guys at my age they have a car and um, I don't so I kind of go against the mainstream I might not have a car but I have a podcast though don't I that's even more than a car come on you know what most people actually respect it most people around me actually respect it uh, that I don't have a car like it's not not a big deal really I personally am not embarrassed uh, and I even feel slightly proud of this because you know it makes me more healthy as I use my bike instead and also I am promoting the green policy aren't I by the way note to self tomorrow I have to go to vote in the elections we have here some elections it's like it's about regional politics and I'm gonna vote for the Green Party I mustn't forget so sorry I'm just talking to myself here it's not really relevant uh, to what we're talking about but anyway 
to step out of a stereotype. Another expression or word is deficit. Deficit means not enough of something. In other words, inadequate amount or level of something. It is used especially when you talk about money. Uh, for example, you can talk about the state budget deficit. Uh, that's when um, the government actually spends more money than it earns. It is quite usual in the Czech Republic and we have state deficit every single year. So at the end of the year we kind of end up with a debt. You know I told you many times that I'm from the Czech Republic but I wonder do you all know where the Czech Republic actually is situated? I'm not sure about that because you might be from far away countries uh, from countries uh, that uh, are a bit of a stretch for me. So maybe you have a deficit of your geographical knowledge or something. I can understand that nobody knows where Podjebrady, my hometown, is. If you haven't studied geography at school, I can even understand that you don't know where the Czech Republic is because we are not a huge country. Uh, we are a country of 10 million people. But uh, I wouldn't understand if you didn't have awareness of uh, the continent Europe. This is where the Czech Republic is. We sometimes say that it is in the heart of Europe. We really like to say that because it, it does sound cool, doesn't it? It does, yes. Apparently, in the USA, about 99% of people don't know where the Czech Republic is. Uh, it's a bit of a cliché there, a stereotype. But there has been some surveys and the Americans, they don't have a clue where we are. But doesn't really matter, does it? Anyway, let me help you with this. Let me educate you. After all, this is my mission, to educate you, to, to teach you something. Usually I teach English, but this time I'm going to teach you some geography as well. Um, where is the Czech Republic? Well, it is in the heart of Europe, kind of in the middle of Europe, uh, more to the east, I should say. What are our neighboring countries? Well, Germany, Poland, Slovakia and Austria. These countries are next door. And next door is another expression which are cleverly embedding here right now at this time in a clever, ingenious way, right? I'm from the Czech Republic and the countries that are situated next door, which means the neighboring countries, are Slovakia, Germany, Austria and Poland. Germany, everybody knows where Germany is, right? So we live next door to Germany, okay? It should be clear now. Slovakia is an interesting country because we split up with them in 1993. Yes, that, that is true, listeners. Before, we used to uh, be one country called Czechoslovakia. And a lot of people still think we are Czechoslovakia, but actually we are just the Czech Republic now. Slovakia is another country. Okay, Poland is also a big country. Most people know Poland, right? So... Uh, we are neighbors of Poland and Germans. We are next door to these countries, okay? And Austria and Slovakia. Right, okay. Another item of my list is the verb to brainwash. It is quite an interestingly sounding one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I'm sure most of you know what the verb to wash means, right? Uh, it means 
that you use water to clean something. You can wash your body. You can wash your bicycle. Uh, when something is dirty, you just use, use water to make it clean again. Okay? The brain, um, obviously, this is the part of your body, which is located at the top of your body. Um, and uh, this is where the center of the central nervous system is kind of located. This is where um, your thinking organ has its headquarters. And this is something that um, you are supposed to use when you think. Okay, um, To brainwash doesn't mean literally that you actually uh, that you actually wash your brain i mean that that wouldn't be that easy to do right how how would you get to the to the brain well it's kind of hidden under the under the um what is it under the skin and uh, of course uh, it's protected by the skull to brainwash basically means to manipulate somebody uh, to make somebody believe that something isn't true or valuable and we, we speak about uh, continual influence uh, over a longer period of time to brainwash someone. Uh, this is used especially when we talk about some political regimes. For example, communism. It was a political regime that was here in the Czech Republic before 1989. This is the year of the Velvet, Velvet Revolution here where everything changed and we started... Uh, to build our country uh, in a modern way towards capitalism. But before, we had communism here, and it was a political regime which brainwashed people, I dare say. It made people believe that everyone would be equal, but it never actually worked in reality. And when it did, it was, it was at a terrible cost, really. Um, to, to put it in nutshell, it was an economic disaster, and we suffered the consequences until today in the Czech Republic although we have been a capitalist country for more than 20 years. But let's not dwell on the politics, because I, I'm sure that uh, we may have different opinions on this, and I don't want to promote my own one, because this is not, after all, the aim of this podcast. Anyway, uh, to brainwash someone, it can be also used when we discuss religion, uh, especially when we talk about religious groups uh, that are called sects. These groups uh, are not um, kind of rooted religions. They don't have uh, super long traditions such as the, the traditional religions. Uh, they don't have such a um, rooted basis. These groups uh, or spiritual spiritual organizations, they look for young people. Uh, they they uh, kind of uh, grab or attract young people who are looking for some sense of identity, sense of belonging. Maybe uh, they don't understand. They have some kind of existential questions, or something bad happened to them, and uh, they are quite vulnerable. Some young people are quite easy to attract, but what basically happens once you become part of such organization or, or, or the sect, um, you are brainwashed by its leaders and uh, uh, the community there. Uh, this is what I believe personally is true, but again, you may have a different opinion on this. Anyway, um, at this point, I just want to make it clear. Uh, the intention of this podcast isn't to brainwash anyone here. Um, and you are listening to my podcast purely voluntarily. It's your decision to listen to it. I'm not forcing anyone. I'm not brainwashing anyone. And um, whatever I say, you are actually not bound to follow it. Okay, These are just my thoughts 
based on my uh, life experience and the knowledge that I have acquired over the 31 years of my life, okay? So, uh, another example could be uh, the Hitler in Germany uh, during the Second World War. He also brainwashed the Germans because uh, I believe there are good and bad people everywhere, no matter the religion, nationality, okay? But what Hitler did, he brainwashed the people there. He made them believe that they, are, they were a superior nation and they followed him, some of them out of fear, some of them were convinced uh, this was this was the right thing to do, okay? So this could, this could also be called brainwashing, okay? Let's talk about something not so heavy, something lighter. Um, far-fetched. Far-fetched idea. A far-fetched idea is uh, the one that is hard to believe uh, because it's exaggerated or simply implausible. It's, it doesn't sound plausible, okay? Uh, let's say, for example, that your partner cheats on you. You have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and um, he does regularly cheats on you and you start having this kind of hunch. Okay, first you don't know it, but then you start having this kind of hunch and then you find some evidence and it's basically clear that um, the, the, your partner cheats on you. So, you dis of, of course, uh, you, you confront your partner, you tell him uh, what you think and, uh, and show him or her uh, the evidence, but instead of confessing, your partner tries to lie about the, the whole situation and... Um, if you ask him where he was yesterday at night, um, because you were sure he or she wasn't in your bed, um, and your partner might say that he went to, uh, I don't know, he went to a pub and listened to his next English podcast the whole night or something, you know. And this, this is something you wouldn't normally believe, because that's what people don't normally do, right? They don't go to a pub, um, at night, because it's usually closed at night. Uh, for example, at 2 a.m., it's usually closed. So people don't typically go to a pub. And if they do, if the pub is for some reason open 24-7, uh, they don't usually go there to listen to the next English podcast. This explanation is a bit far-fetched. It's a far-fetched um, alibi. It's hard to believe. So... That's an example of the of this word. It's an adjective, by the way, far-fetched. You can speak about a far-fetched idea. The verb to conduct. Uh, it's quite a good word choice if you want to sound profound or educated. If you want to come across as a sophisticated person, you should use the verb to conduct. Uh, it's an academic uh, uh, piece of vocabulary. You can conduct research, which basically means that you carry it out. You can conduct a lesson as well, which means you give lesson as a professor, for example. But you can also conduct a debate, which means you lead, lead the debate or you have a debate. Uh, in the last podcast, I conducted a debate with a young, promising journalist, Orony. Speaking of which, I promised that I would play you a sample of uh, Orony's podcast, of, of the Plantic podcast, and I forgot to uh, attach it to, to the last episode. So, because I keep my promises, here it is. Now you, have, you will have an opportunity to listen to a few minutes of this podcast, and of course, if you want to listen to some more, uh, you can do so on www.plantic.com. 
That is www.plaantik.com. This is where you can find Orani's podcast alongside a lot of interesting material about football, uh, like fresh, up-to-date articles um, in English. So you're welcome to visit Orani's website and uh, her podcast, of course. And here is a sample for you to check out. Hello everyone, welcome to the final edition of Atlantic Podcast, at least for this season. I'm your host as usual, Orani, and with me are two fine gentlemen, Tosif. Hey guys. And Alvir. Hello. I might sound like right now that I'm in a taxi cab in Madrid, just like Fidlo, but something's wrong with <laughs> our connection, so you have to bear with us. Um, I hope it's not much of a trouble for you. Fair I don't want to talk about the Champions League final anymore, it's such a long... You know, what What I really want to talk about is, um, last night, Abir and I were up watching England versus Ireland, one of the most dullest friendly I've ever seen, but Shane Long's goal was really good. But while we were watching that, there was some, there was a circus unfolding regarding Luis Suarez and the interview. Yeah, he apparently gave an interview to a uh, Uruguayan radio station, was it? He said that yes, um, the English press, yeah, English press have been very unkind to him. That he wouldn't refuse a move to Real Madrid if the chance, if the chance comes. Uh, he was saying that um, if um, that the English press overlooks that he's a great footballer and they keep on focusing on, you know, a bite here and a dive there or something like that, that his off-pitch character is more than... Well, actually, they were most of the media were criticizing his on-pitch activities because, you know, he was pulling crap while playing football. But I, th- I don't think there's any denial from anyone that he's a really great striker. And... He was saying exactly. I mean, if you ask any journalist, um, almost all of them would say that Suarez is a fantastic footballer, and I think uh, he'll get into most of the teams in the world, apart, apart from a few ones. And pretty much everyone agrees with that in England. I don't think the press have been um, unkind to him. I mean, if you if you're involved in racism, Rose, if you bite a player, then <laughs> the press um, the press <laughs> couldn't be very kind to you. It's one thing to be racist, it's another thing to be a racist cannibal, I think. But um, he was also mentioning that he has a wife and he has a little daughter and, you know, it's unfair to them if he lets them go through this press conundrum or something. And I don't, I haven't really seen any direct attacks on his family, only attacks on him and his, you know, controversial at, uh, ta- uh, antics. I, I, if, uh, I think if Suarez had stayed away from these controversial acts, then... The press, uh, his family wouldn't have been affected. Um, if well, he thinks, he's mainly to blame English, for that. If he thinks the English press is this bad, and if he, act, I mean, he talks about Real Madrid, he talks about Real Madrid so romantically. If he actually goes to Spain, can you imagine um, what the Spanish press is actually like? Well, to be honest, it's basically the press is same everywhere. You go to the England or Italy or Spain, it's it's the same treatment that the players are going to get because the media sells based upon you know controversial issues and things like that but um, we only get to know the English side of things because obviously it's English and more accessible and we understand uh, I object Tosif only you get to know the English side of things no 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 what I mean is you know how how many times have you read Marca in the last five years except for the translations you don't pick 
mark up or you don't pick uh, Deportivo um, Mundo Sportivo Mundo Mundo, Mundo Deportivo. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know the papers outside. Yeah. It's not only the sun or the mirror. That <laughs> I'm not that much of a And I've read a few comments from a few people that uh, they've apparently called the British media xenophobic, but I don't think that's the case. Um, the media has been has treated John Terry the same way because of his part in the racism group with Anton Ferdinand. So it's not just because of his nationality. I don't think the media is xenophobic. I think the FA is xenophobic. Yeah, I think we'd need like two podcasts to cover that part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think um, I think Plantic verdict is Suarez is an excellent player, and we actually don't want to see him leave the EP, the Barclays Premier League, so oh, soon. Not at all. I really <laughs> love him as a player. But he he kept on saying that uh, how it's affecting his family life and things like that. Well, I understand busting up, you know, once or twice or exploding, like Eric Cantona kicking a player, or David Beckham showing the finger. It's it's part of being a player. But almost every month he's he's into some sort of story, and that's all in your shoulders, man. You, you can't uh, just blame the press. The thing about the interview is uh, Suarez keeps on em- emphasizing on how much he loves Liverpool and how much he loves the club and loves playing there. And he is one of the most, if, if not the most important player of Liverpool right now. I think it's Brendan Rodgers' job, just like um, it was um, for Alex for Sir Alex Ferguson when he kept Ronaldo on for one extra season and Arsene Wenger kept Vieira on for two extra seasons. I think Brendan, it's Brendan Rodgers' job to keep Luis Suarez around for at least one more season for Liverpool to, you know, just break out of that uh, mid-table zone. Another expression is pillar of GDP. Pillar of GDP. Uh, what is a GDP? GDP, it's an abbreviation of an economic term, growth domestic product. And it is what the country produces economically, um, shown in uh, money. Uh, what is a pillar, actually? Well, a pillar is something that holds the building. It's the part that supports the whole construction or something. Um, and it, here it is used as a metaphor. When, some, when something is a pillar of GDP, it basically means that it uh, contributes a lot to the growth domestic product of a country. Okay, It's the one of the basic things that are essential, actually, for the whole uh, economy of the country. For example, in the Czech Republic, the beer production. I don't know where our country uh, would be without uh, so much beer, without the ability to uh, produce and brew uh, such quality beer. Okay, For us, this is the pillar of GDP. Our beer is cheap for foreigners if they want to come to visit our country. The tourists, they always enjoy drinking beer. For example, the British often come here to enjoy drinking beer or or they just come to buy some beer because here it's so cheap for them. This brings me to a joke which I've just remembered. Uh, so let me try to tell you this joke. Um, a British guy comes to the Czech Republic because he wants to have some fun, enjoy drinking beer because it is so cheap. And um, he has a couple of beers. I mean, it's quite reasonable amount. Uh, but... Um, he consumes quite a reasonable amount of beer and then he comes back to his hotel room. When he's in a room, he starts thinking, okay, I might not have actually enough. I want to have some more alcohol. 
So he picks up the phone and calls the reception. The receptionist goes, how can I help you? And the British guy says, please, can I have two rums to room 222? Uh, and the receptionist uh, doesn't really understand because she's Czech and she didn't have a, a good teacher, um, uh, perhaps, or, or she didn't study enough or something. So she asks him again, please, could you repeat it? And he says, can I have two rums to room 222? And she just uh, gets furious because she doesn't understand a single word and says, Tram tarara ta ta ta, you asshole. <clears throat> I'm not really sure if you got this joke. It probably does sound funnier in Czech language. But anyway, um, this two rums to room 222, it's just, when, when you tell this joke in Czech, it actually reminds um, the sound of the trumpet. And she doesn't understand that he is referring to his hotel room. Number two is, of course, uh, uh, the two shots, uh, two little glasses of uh, the rum, right? Two rums, two room, two, two, two. And his hotel room is uh, 222. So when you say it quickly, it actually sounds like the. Uh, it actually reminds the sound of the trumpet. I don't know how funny this is, but it, it was hilarious when I... Uh, was told this by my student, uh, though. For me, it was hilarious when I uh, was told this joke by my uh, student. Uh, uh, jokes are often about the ability to actually convey um, the humorous aspect of a joke. I mean, not everyone is good at telling jokes, right? Um, I don't consider myself to be particularly good at it, for example. Okay, anyway, we were talking about beer, you know. Beer is really important here in the Czech Republic. It's a pillar. It's a pillar of GDP. We have so much beer, that's why it is so cheap. In every family, there's a small brewery. Blood circulates in our veins and arteries. Um, rivers consist of beer here in the Czech Republic instead of water. And then, uh, when you have dry uh, spell, uh, the water evaporates into the air and condenses and then becomes rain and then the rain and then the beer rains down back uh, on the land and you get seasonal monsoons here uh, of beer rains it's amazing isn't it yeah and sometimes uh, unfortunately uh, you get disastrous beer floods usually floods are a catastrophic scenario for people but in the Czech Republic actually uh, everyone is joyful because uh, men don't have to go to pub they just grab a container, they just grab a pint and uh, get drunk from the from the beer that is all around their house. I'm really sorry if you think this sounds a bit far-fetched. Um, we are a proud beer country and hence what I have just said is not that far-fetched actually. Just a little bit. Another word is a contender. When somebody scores a good goal in football, by good goal I mean a long-distance shot or a bicycle kick or um, a shot that goes into the top corner of the goal or something. By the way, we often uh, call such goals cracker or screamer or just a top-drawer goal. In other words, a fantastic goal. Uh, such goal can be considered a contender of the goal of the season. You know, there are often some kind of competitions uh, in which uh, the viewers uh, decide which goal is the best. And if someone scores a nice goal, it can become a contender, which means it can be one of those goals which can eventually win this competition. 
So a contender is some something that has a chance of succeeding in a in a contest or competition. Uh, we may speak about this podcast as a contender for the podcast of the year, right? Um, and I'm not saying this to brag, to boast, to blow my own trumpet. I'm actually saying this for a different reason. So let me break it down to you. A couple of weeks, I received an email from my listener, and he says in his email that I shouldn't bring myself down so much uh, because I often speak about my podcast in a kind of an inferior way, and this is something I should fix because I don't want to come across as inconfident, self-conscious guy, uh, which of course I'm not. I'm super confident. I I'm well aware of the qualities of the podcast, and I'm super proud. Um, not that proud because I know from an English saying that pride comes before a fall, and I don't want to fall. I don't certainly want to fall off my chair. I, I could. Um, end up in a hospital with a dislocated shoulder. And this is exactly what I don't want to happen. And I will do everything I possibly can to avoid this. But um, actually, in fact, I uh, cleverly put myself down on the podcast because I don't want to come across as an asshole, as an arrogant, conceited person who uh, believes in his abilities um, in everything. Because such people are not really popular usually. I don't like such people who are arrogant, who think that they are better than me or something. And if you are like this, you don't usually have many friends. And I want to have a lot of friends, you know. So, yeah. Basically, if you want to become my friend, um, don't be arrogant. By the way, I have used the phrase to come across as uh, because I need this phrase to enter my active lexis. So I need to use it as many times as possible. Just giving you a manual here, basically what you can do yourself, I think. That's a recipe you can follow. Another phrase to look at is ahead of the packing order. Now, what does this mean? To be honest with you, I had to do some digging. Packing order. I was like, what the hell this means to pack? To pack is the... It's a verb, of course. And it's the motion that a chicken or a hen does when it's looking for a worm in ground. You know, when you observe sometimes chickens, that's what you usually do. That's what my regular uh, listeners uh, typically do, right? Isn't it that they observe uh, birds, uh, they are bird watchers, and uh, especially the chickens and hens. Um, I don't think so. It would be a rather tedious job to do because uh, chickens, they are a little bit dumb and they just keep pecking to in the ground looking for some worms, hoping that they will actually catch something in their beaks. So to peck is this motion uh, that, uh, that some birds do uh, with a beak. Uh, there is even a, a bird that is called woodpecker that's the one that you can hear if you go to a forest. And these birds are quite important because um, they actually help the trees to um, remain healthy because sometimes some worms like parasites uh, try to hurt the trees. So the woodpeckers are really useful for the, for the nature. Okay, but going back to the expression pecking order. So as I said, it's some kind of a hierarchy. Um, but I think uh, 
if you say ahead of the pecking order, it, that means that you're up in the hierarchy, you're uh, ahead of the others in the in this kind of social uh, network, or what you might call it. Um, anyway, on this podcast, there is actually no pecking order. Why is that? Well, it's because I'm a democratic person and I run this podcast in a democratic way. So there is actually no pecking order, meaning that everyone is equal. Yes, uh, here it doesn't really matter if you speak English or not. Uh, if you understand everything or if you just understand only something, it matters not. Because here everybody has got the same rights. We are all equal here. No pecking order here. Right. Uh, expression that is quite interesting and for me um, one of the favorite ones of this list is to go viral. To go viral. Uh, you know what a virus is, don't you? Virus, um, of course you can speak about a computer virus as was explained in the episode with Pavel, uh, the IT specialist. But uh, virus can be also some kind of organism that uh, can... Um, some viruses can mutate or they, uh, they survive. They survive by uh, actually duplicating. Sometimes they can um, jump onto another host. And if something goes viral, for example, a song, if you talk about a song that goes viral or, I don't know, a video on YouTube, it actually means that it has huge success. It happens to catchy melodies or to funny videos. Of course, the ultimate goal for this podcast is that it goes viral too, exponentially, I would I would say, uh, meaning that some of you listen to this episode and you tell your friends and uh, your friends tell their friends and their friends tell their friends and their friends tell their friends and etc., this is how the podcast can go viral. So if you want me to help with the podcast, there's nothing easier than telling your friends like this. This this will really help me to get ahead of the pecking order in the podcast community. Uh, of course, there is huge competition, especially among the free podcasts. No, I don't think so. I don't think there are many crazy people like me who do this stuff just to practice their own English in their free time, earning no money and just doing it because they hope some someone out there might actually appreciate it. And um, yeah, I think I have talked about this enough already. And it's time for me to move on, isn't it? To move on to the uh, expression grassroot. Grassroot. Everybody knows what grass is, right? That's the green stuff that you can see when you go outside, uh, unless you are, live somewhere in the Arctic zone, of course, where... Uh, it's not so so much green, uh, but rather uh, I don't know white, as because uh, w whatever you see, it's snow or ice. Um, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> so grassroot it means like basic or fundamental. So we we say if you do something at a grassroot level, for example, you can play football at village level. It's like the the lowest possible level the the, the uh, also it's essential because that's the basics that's the foundations you know you you can't we can't be without this that's very important but it's not like high level uh, nobody can really kick the ball properly in these kind of f football levels 
players miss the penalties all the time and they kick each other they instead of kicking the ball they kick your uh, not head uh, that would be kung fu no they uh, kick your feet you know instead of the ball so it's kind of dangerous sometimes and sometimes uh, really stupid players without any brains just play you know just to um, hurt someone so sometimes it can be rather dangerous at this grassroots uh, at this grassroots level sorry for slating uh, the grassroots level of football here but that's my experience you know i i used to play football a lot and even last year when i was recording podcast i was still playing but i stopped for now i don't know if i come back to football ever but let's say for now i'm just taking a break from it because i was just too annoyed with some people around those guys are at the grassroots level definitely anyway the expression to slate someone is to slate means to criticize for example uh, someone can be slated by the media a politician or some sportsman because he took doping or something like that so hopefully the latest episode of the podcast won't be slated um, uh, hopefully it will be praised instead but you never know uh, the listeners are um, free people they can make the decisions for themselves Nobody has to tell them. But of course, um, I suggest that you don't slate the podcast because uh, if you do it, I can get angry. I can get insulted and offended and stop doing this. No, I'm not threatening you, listeners. I wouldn't dare to. Okay, I just, I'm just trying to explain the expression to slate someone, which means to criticize. Okay, and we are getting to the last expression, which is uh, a way to man's heart is through his stomach. It's like a saying. Um, it's actually also piece of advice for women who want to get some men who want to find husband or boyfriend or um, lover. Uh, so women out there, this is the piece of advice from Orani from Bangladesh who says that way to men's hearts uh, is through their stomachs. Uh, what does this mean? It doesn't mean that um, if you operate somebody's heart as a surgeon, you have to go through his stomach first in order to get to the heart itself. Um, that would be too complicated, I think. Um, no, it means uh, if you want a man to fall in love with you, if you want a man to be yours, you have to cook well, basically. You, you need to learn to cook and you need to learn um, to prepare good meals and that's how you can get the man because uh, men apparently according to this saying uh, are very simplistic beings who very easily succumb to uh, the the allure to the allure of food and meals i don't know how this is for you but uh, for me it works only partly i mean um, it's not that easy for you girls out there to get my heart just by cooking something nice. But let's say it's a good, it's a good bonus, bonus point. It's a positive, obviously. So, um, don't underestimate the power of, uh, the cooking skill. Okay. I actually think that, uh, there is another way, a dirty one that, um, works much, much better, girls. Trust me. Uh, when I say dirty one, I don't mean that you have to 
um, get your hands or feet or let alone face dirty and then uh, kind of approach men. No, uh, when I say dirty way uh, to win men's heart, I mean something a little bit different. But I don't think it is appropriate to say it here on this podcast because it might be listened to by some children and I don't want to spoil these children. I want to. I want this podcast to be educational, and um, uh, I want this to have uh, positive influence on everybody, not just on the adults and grown-ups. Uh, I'm actually quite happy if some children and younger um, people listen to the podcast, and I just hope uh, I haven't uh, uh, said something inappropriate throughout those 50, I don't know how many, 56 episodes already. I might be wrong. I think it's 56. If I have said something inappropriate, I hereby apologize. Uh, and hopefully it didn't kind of um, have some bad impact on children's development, uh, their mental, psychological development. And uh, uh, I always said this with the intention to, to be funny. I didn't really want someone to uh, to be, uh, I don't know, never mind. I don't know how to say this. I'm, I think I'm blushing when I have to talk about such things anyway, so you can't really see it because this is podcast. But if you could see me, right now I am red as a beetroot, okay? So I think that's it for, for these expressions. And now I have to find uh, my notes because I want to continue telling you something but I don't remember what it is I need some notes uh, to help me out here yes I've got it okay that's it guys that's it Bob's your uncle Bob's your uncle uh, time for the short review I promised you a short review I'm gonna ramble now like I haven't done it enough like I haven't done it uh, already right <laughs> uh, nothing new nothing unexpected rambling on hopefully I will uh, managed to use all the expressions that I have tried to clarify so far. Um, I honestly hope I haven't brainwashed you with this episode. This kind of episode should be a pillar of the podcast. Hopefully, both you and I will actively learn uh, to use the vocabulary that was presented to you here. Sometimes I have to conduct research, you know, be before these um, episodes, so... Um, I just hope that this is going to be appreciated by you. Um, just to remind you, I do this in my free time. And my only reward is if I receive emails or comments or shout-outs from you, uh, my podcast listeners. Maybe, I was thinking, maybe I should uh, enter a competition to take this to another level. And in this competition, I could be nominated in the category for the... Um, Podcast of the year effort, okay? That's the keyword, effort. Uh, because podcast of the year, it would sound too um, overconfident. I just want to take it step by step. So I would start with effort. I think this podcast could well be a contender for this category. Don't you think? I don't know if such competition really exists. This whole idea might seem to be a bit far-fetched. Um, there is probably a deficit in such competitions on the internet anyway, so I don't know. But I'm positive, I'm confident, I deserve the nomination. What the hell is this? Uh, there's been a sound, weird sounds going on uh, on my laptop. 
don't get distracted. Uh, this is uh, the podcast is still continuing. Uh, this won't stop us. Yes, and I was talking about the about the possibility of uh, taking part in a competition or contest. I'm I'm still considering it. Uh, who knows if I uh, change my mind or not? Yeah, um, at the moment though the situation is a bit grim, so to speak. I think it's because someone, I mean uh, the people who organize or make some competitions like this, are afraid to step out of the stereotypes and give opportunities to how shall I put this? Okay, to a bit unorthodox, um, unorthodox. Um, is this the right word? Unorthodox. Um, let me check this. Uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a good word. Or unconventional, I could I could say as well. Unconventional. Okay, I need to check this one too. I guess. Unconventional. Unconventional. Yes. Okay. These these are good words. Um, yeah, the people they should step out of the stereotypes and give give opportunities to the podcaster like me, right? Those guys who are in charge of this probably think the Czech Republic. Where the hell is this? Eastern Europe. It's a bit of a stretch from any English-speaking country. Uh, not exactly next door. Why would we give a chance to someone living that far, beyond the Seven Kingdoms, right, to, to put it poetically? It seems like I'm a victim of a prejudice here. I should be nominated, right? Don't you think? But I'm not, because I'm not exactly ahead of the pecking order in this, right? It's not fair, guys. These these people who run these competitions probably think that it's too grassroots. And why is why is that? Well, the only possible explanation why they might think this could be that um, they think I uh, ramble too much here. Uh, I should give some more facts and some more teaching content uh, should be presented rather than this nonsensual ramble that uh, is ongoing and um, intrinsic and uh, arc, uh, and also characteristic and uh, symptomatic for this podcast. But um, unfortunately, I'm slated for the fact that I um, occasionally ramble on this podcast. And uh, basically, I um, to look at it from another angle, I talk bollocks, okay? Um, what could I do to change my prospect? Well, um, good plan to change a person's prospect in this, and I'm not deliberately talking about myself, could be to contact a male organizer to change one's sex and orientation, which is, of course, a piece of cake normally. That, that happens every day, that you change uh, your sex and orientation. And if you do this, there might be a chance to win this man's heart by cooking a good meal, because as you know, a win to man's heart is through his stomach. Okay? But it can't be me, because I'm simply heterosexual, and I don't really intend to change my sex and orientation. I can't simply cook as well, right? That's another reason. So, two reasons I can't do this. Um, I guess the podcast will have to go viral in a natural way. Hopefully, the fact that the podcast has not yet been nominated in any competition won't make any difference. 
in uh, its popularity. Okay, because I think it has already got its fans and it's high time I actually stated the obvious. Um, that podcast has been a tremendous success. It has been running for about a year and um, so far it has attracted a lot of fans, a lot of supporters. And I want to thank to all of you who are listening right now and uh, I would like to use this opportunity to remind you that you are special to me that uh, I hold you dear and I will always be on your side and I will always try to produce. Um, when I say always, I think it's a bit of a commitment. Let's say in the in the following months and hopefully years, I'll try to produce uh, something that might be listenable. I think this plan is ambitious enough and um, we are drawing to a close of this episode. And before we end it, I need to make a confession the summary rambling stuff was prepared. The whole episode was scripted. It means I'm probably doomed because you'll stop listening uh, since uh, this ain't natural, right? Let me kindly ask you for one more chance, okay? Let's be patient with me. Maybe one day I'll be able to actually improvise the whole episode um, in a natural, authentic English of a learner of English as a second language. I might try to do that one day and be successful. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. I think that's enough for now and have a good time, whatever you're doing. Uh, thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for being so special and managing to get to the finish with me here. That's it. Uh, I'm winding it up. I'm calling it a day. Bye-bye. Have a nice day or night or whatever it is. Bye.